Here at Michigan Family Wellness, we believe chiropractic care and nutritional-based therapies are a foundational part of a healthy family lifestyle. No matter where you're at in the mitten, having a family is such an exciting time of life. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by stress, fatigue, and responsibilities with the kids, we invite you to become part of this empowering community to create happy, healthy families. By providing engaging interviews and practical applications, Dr. Wallner cultivates family health by equipping our listeners with the tools they need to elevate wellness in their own family. Dr. Wallner passionately serves the Michigan community at his chiropractic and nutrition-based practice, where he specializes in pregnancy, pediatrics, and family wellness care. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kyle Wallner. Good day, families, and welcome home. That's right, my name is Dr. Kyle, and this is the Empowering MFW Family, and we're so glad to be with you today. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to thank you for tuning in. The health of you and your family is your number one priority. It is your greatest asset. The best way to have a healthy family is by living a family wellness lifestyle. So if you're looking for efficient, effective, and sustainable ways to elevate your health and the health of your family, then I strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable because we have an amazing show for you today. And before we get to today's episode, let me say a few words as I do each and every week about Power Performance Gym. Power Performance Gym is dedicated to helping you achieve your best definition of healthy and strong. Power Performance specializes in strength and conditioning for individuals, small groups, and athletic teams, weight and pain management, as well as recovery and nutrition. Everyone at Power experiences a full movement and health analysis to build your blueprint for success targeting your goals. Mention the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast to receive your movement and health analysis as a complimentary gift. Learn more about how Power Performance can help you move, look, and feel better by visiting powergym.com. That's P-O-W-R-G-Y-M.com. Dr. Lin is a Harvard-trained psychologist, mother of two teens, an international educator, and a pediatric psychologist in Scottsdale, Arizona. Dr. Lin is co-author with Wendy Young of Bloom, 50 Things to Say, Think, and Do with Anxious, Angry, and Over-the-Top Kids, and author of The Family Coach Method. Her most recent books introduce methods for improving executive function and social-emotional skills. Dr. Lin values making learning cognitive concepts easier for children. That's why she created the social-emotional literacy program, Bloom Your Room and Play Math, the original tools, games, and activities she brings to thousands of teachers, clinicians, parents, and students each year, empower children to become confident, masterful learners, and productive social citizens. All right, families, let's jump into today's interview. Welcome, families, to today's interview. I'm honored to be joined on the show today by Dr. Lynn Kenny. Welcome to the podcast, Doc. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's wonderful to say hello to you, Dr. Kyle. It's been a pleasure getting acquainted with you over the past few months, actually. And, you know, the story of our connection is my wife attended a seminar in Arizona actually about a few months ago now on brain health and neuropsychiatry, and Dr. Lynn was the keynote speaker. So while Rachel was doing that, I was soaking up the sun, you know, because Arizona is so beautiful. 
So Doc, I'm excited to jump into our discussion today on how you help women and mothers elevate their health and family wellness lifestyle, especially as it relates to our kids, you know, who may be struggling with ADD, ADHD, you know, the autism spectrum, focusing, all of that. But before we get there, there are two questions we ask every guest on the podcast here. So help our listeners and myself get to know you more by telling us what family looks like for you. Well, right now, family for me is my wonderful husband, who I adore, and I have two teenagers, 16 and 18, and I would say that all of their friends are my little pretend children. Our house is always packed with kids. We cook. We do sports. Um, I think I'm going to really miss them when they go to college. That's great. I just love that kind of nurturing community, you know, having people in the home. I just think that's a great place, you know, for so many life lessons and values to be passed along. And you know, Dr. Lynn, another thing we love to say on the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast is that we are smitten with the mitten. So do you have any connection to the Great Lakes or Michigan or have you ever visited? Oh, of course. I have two important connections. Well, I'm from Chicago. And my children's um, grandparents are from Kalamazoo. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, and we love Kalamazoo. And then the co-author of Bloom with me is Wendy Young, and she actually lives in the UP. And I always joke as we teach that she's more Canadian than she is American because she's like at the very edge of Michigan. Yes, yes. We often say things like, you know, people that live down here in the lower peninsula are the trolls because we live, you know, under the Mackinac Bridge. So there's that funny connection there. Well, all right, Doc, let's go ahead and get more in depth because I really want the women, mothers, and families listening to benefit from your experiences, your expertise, and your unique perspective. So Dr. Lynn, when a mother or a parent comes to you, you know, perhaps with a child between the ages of four and nine years old and this child is struggling with you know concentration and focus and maybe there's even some developmental delays you know clinically speaking how would you approach you know a case like this and to even add on to that how do you support you know the mother or the parent uh, you know kind of on that emotional level Well, I think that there are a lot of different reasons why children struggle with attention challenges, anxiety, executive function, dysfunction and I think that the first step is to do a high quality assessment if possible. Whether that means talking with your pediatrician, your developmental pediatrician, a high quality occupational therapist or speech pathologist, uh, possibly a chiropractor or a natural medicine doctor, functional medicine physician. Um, You've got to be looking at what are the domains of the child's world? How's their speech? How How are their social interactions? How are their motor skills? How are their academic skills? And kind of get a foundational understanding of what their general developmental status is. And then I would go one step further and really find out what their nutritional sleep and exercise status is. Because when I was first trained over 30 years ago on the East Coast and the West Coast, you know, if you went to a psychologist, you pretty much dove right into therapy. Mm -hmm. And we now know from the neuroscience research that there are lots of different entry points, um, doing high quality assessment, and then making decisions regarding the interventions after you've got high quality data. Mm-hmm. And then I would say that I'm the interventionist. I'm the one who actually kind of integrates the neuroscience with the activities that I teach other clinicians, educators, and do with my own children um, you know, in my work in order to enhance four domains of function, thinking skills, self-regulation, learning, and behavior. So I really think it begins with 
the highest quality assessment you're able to get so that you make good decisions regarding which interventions you're going to use. You know, I just love everything you're saying, and this is exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because, you know, these components that you're talking about, especially as they relate to brain uh, function, you know, neuropsychiatry, it's like you're able to guide people through the principles and the application of leveraging their epigenetics and the principles of neuroplasticity to actually get real results and real life change. Would you agree? I absolutely agree, enthusiastically agree. The thing is that in the past five or 10 years, since the neuroscience research has really exploded, and because, you know, we used to rely well, Dr. Kyle, on our clinical intuition. As an example, if I would see a child, I would look at their different developmental domains and I would say, well, where's the biggest issue? What is it, What is interfering with their life the most? And then we would begin there, whether it was speech, possibly medication, nutritional consulting, occupational therapy, well, we now have functional um, MRIs that really help us even go further. So we're able to better make decisions regarding what's going on for the child, what's interfering with their overall function, and then what interventions are we going to use. So I think the science has really brought lots of life um, and efficiency back to our profession. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, something I wanted to ask you about as well is, you know, you talked about some lifestyle things, you know, diet, nutrition. Have you seen anything in the realms of, you know, screen times? And what do you typically recommend uh, with children and with parents in terms of maybe perhaps how to balance, you know, their screen times? Well, this is a really great question, and I, I saw Adele Diamond, who's a big uh, cognitive science researcher in Canada, speak in 2015, and we all waited with bated breath, you know, 500 people in the audience. She was reporting the very newest cutting-edge research, and she got up there and did a beautiful talk, and basically what health and happiness came down to was one, high-quality relationships, two, high-quality interactive support, and three, a lot of play. Mm -hmm. So while I am... I'm becoming a little more pro-gaming than I used to be because now I'm working with some scientists at Yale and I'm really paying attention to how actually some co high-quality cognitive gaming can actually improve your executive functions. But I would say, fundamentally, regarding screen time, we want to have a good balance between one-on-one -on -one and family social relationships and screen time. So it's not that screen time is horrible and that we always have to avoid the screen, but I think we have to put relationships first. And I think there are certain kinds of gaming that can actually be beneficial for the brain. And so I, I tend to replace the more violent um, games that create a state of hyperarousal in the brain with things like Meludia. Dr. Kyle, have you ever heard of Meludia? I have not heard of Meludia, yeah. It will change your life. So it's M-E-L-U-D-I-A, mm -hmm. and it's out of France. And basically, these are musicians. They're not cognitive scientists. They're musicians who said they were frustrated by the fact that children didn't have exposure to music worldwide and that music was expensive and it was hard to get lessons. So they created this amazing, interactive, beautiful gaming system where you enhance your auditory perceptual skills and your cognition, although that's not their goal, but I play it so I know that you enhance your cognition, um, by learning about uh, music. And I have five-year-olds playing it, 72-year-olds playing it. Nice. It's, it's like $59 for the whole year, and it is 
just there's like 600 exercises. So if children are wanting to game, I recommend Meludia. I like Minecraft. I think Minecraft has some very mm-hmm. um, intelligent, strategic components to it. And then I like I like Activate. I like Brain uh, Brain. Um, I think it's called HQ. I have to look it up by um, Merzernich, who basically started cognitive gaming um, with with Bruce Wexler over 30 years ago. So I think there are games that we can play. And then I think that if we want to listen to like the preschool musical programs, if you want to go to Kabumu, um, Kabumu Kids does amazing music for preschoolers and kindergartners. Play Kids does educational animation. So I think there are, there are things we can find and we don't have to be afraid of gaming. We just have to play with our children on the floor, get outside and then do our gaming. Dr. Lynn, I'm just scribbling so fast and taking down all these notes because, you know, everything you just mentioned there, so much value, so much great practical application. I encourage listeners, you know, rewind, uh, re-listen to that and just, you know, take advantage of all those, um, you know, practical applications that the doc just mentioned. You know, as a musician myself, you know, before mm-hmm. chiropractic, before massage therapy, I was actually uh, in trumpet performance. So I thoroughly appreciate you know, the Melodia example, there's so much research out there to suggest listening to music, uh, classical music, Mozart. I don't know. I don't want to get into a discussion on the whole baby genius thing. You know, there might be some uh, really hardcore benefits there, which are uh, legitimate, but I think there's also some uh, dangerous claims that, you know, certain Mm -hmm. people were making at one point in time. So I don't want to go down in that discussion, but I do want to dive into our listener mail actually here with you, Doc. So we're going to refer to this person as a Rachel, this is not her real name, but I'm just partial to that name because I love my wife so much and her (laughs) name is Rachel. So Rachel writes, encouraging children to eat healthy is critical. Rachel is in grad school and she's doing her thesis on childhood obesity. It's such a wicked problem, she writes. Thank you for sharing this and helping to spread the word on the importance of feeding our children healthy foods along the same lines. As a parent, I struggle with, and I know other parents struggle too, with allowing my children children to play video games. Here are some examples or here are some of her observations. One, electronics can lead to physical inactivity and subsequent childhood obesity. Two, there is also the issue of violence in some video games. Three, during winter months in Michigan, especially, it can be difficult to keep kids active and entertained, so parents often utilize video games as a fallback. Number four, are there video games that might encourage cognitive development, which children might actually enjoy playing, and parents feel comfortable with allowing their kids to play? So, Dr. Lynn, you know, you really kind of already answered a lot of this, but I just want to circle back to what you were saying on the importance of relationships, you know, the importance of play and actually having that, you know, real FaceTime. You talked about the physical inactivity and, you know, especially in the context of rising uh, metabolic syndrome, obesity in children. I'm just looking for your thoughts and reactions, you know, to uh, what Rachel's writing in here. Well, I I love what Rachel said. I think it's very bright and um, really well stated. I think a few things. I think that the obesity challenge uh, is a big challenge, but I think that we need to think less about restricting food and more about adding nurturance. So as an example, whole real food, high quality, preferably organic, real food grown, you know, grown in the ground or, or grown by our chickens, et cetera, et cetera, 
is the kind of nutrition that we need in order to function. And you know that you break down that nutrition into amino acids and fatty acids, and then your body uses those um, chemical components in order to feed your brain and your body. So instead of saying, let's not have a cookie, I would start with, with, you know, let's have some high quality turkey or some organic eggs or some high quality string cheese, et cetera, first, mm -hmm. before we go into food denial. So, so keep laying those foundations. Then two is make make sure that your children get high quality sleep. There are plenty of articles about sleep hygiene that are very easy to read, and we've got to have nice, consistent routines for the brain and the body in order for the child to be healthy. And then when we look at the relationship and um, you know incorporating movement and games and play into the relationship, the good news, Dr. Kyle, is there are lots of resources now. There's Go Noodle, which is completely free, and you can find it all over YouTube. There's We Fit, which is little you know costs a little bit of money but has wonderful activities in it. And then there's just getting back to old-fashioned family games. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge, and I know this is true in our family, is that we all like our electronics because they're calming and soothing. Mm -hmm. uh, Generally speaking, if you're not playing a violent game, the electronics are basically helping you go into a, a calming state. And so we all need to put our screens down. You know, I'm plenty guilty as well. And get back to cooking together, making meals together, playing Jenga together. We can really solve this obesity crisis if we spend more meaningful, interactive time together. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And then that really plays to what you were saying earlier in terms of, you know, developing and nurturing and cultivating those relationships. You know, when you're playing a game, you know, with your family, you're having those interactions where, yeah, I'm sure you could have those uh, or you could have similar interactions if you're playing in front of a a screen or if you're playing Wii Fit or something as a family. But I would just say it's probably more advantageous to actually sit down and play Monopoly or, you know, play some Farkle or play a card game together or something. We love Farkle so. in our family. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I've been moving toward ever since we wrote 5N45 for the Yale team is doing doing slow moving exercise and adding cognition to it. So as an example, just, you know, go, just look on Google images or go to Pinterest and look at Tai Chi positions mm -hmm. and maybe just print them out and then maybe just cut them into cards and, and hand them to the children or lay them out for the children and say, okay, Jonathan, you know, it's your, it's your day to teach us Tai Chi, which three sequence active, which, which three movements do you want to do? And how are we going to put those in a sequence? And what rate at which are we going to move? Are we going to move super slow or mm -hmm. slow? And you can play all sorts of interactive games there that you're actually improving your relationships, improving your connections, um, you know, feeding the healthy system within the, within the brain and the body through nurturance that grows well, and you're improving cognition at the same time. So just adding some movement um, to your, to your, to, to the kinds of games that you play, play movement games with your children can really improve relationships and cognition. It's amazing how fun it is. Outstanding. Absolutely love it. You know, the show notes for this episode are going to be packed. So I encourage families listening. <laughs> I encourage uh, mothers and families listening, you know, check out the show notes here because they're going to be packed full of just a ton of value. So, Doc, you know, we were talking in our pre-chat, you know, actually about uh, your daughter's story, you know, with a, a head injury, I believe. And I'm just curious, you know, would you mind uh, sharing a little bit about her story, your story? You know, I just think that these conversations are so relevant and so powerful when we just get a 
better understanding of, you know, you know, just being a little bit vulnerable and sharing our stories. And, you know, I think a chiropractor played a significant role in her recovery. So I'm just asking if you wouldn't mind uh, sharing a little bit about that. Sure. So here I was, you know, a developmental pediatric psychologist moving along for over 20 years, helping families with, you know, difficult situations. I'd been studying cognition. I was on my fifth book, thank goodness. And my daughter had a cheerleading accident where the flyer fell on Olivia, who was the base. And Olivia had what's called a um, 180, well, they say 180 degrees, but I think that's almost impossible, axonal shearing injury. So basically her head turned so far that the axons in her neck and her lower brain, I had micro tears. So I, so Marianne Russo, who I love, she's got this concept that this is the life unexpected. So all of us experience trauma, pain, loss, grief. You just, you have this life unexpected that sometimes is coming to you and you don't know when it's going to come. So while my family had had little bumps on, along the road, illnesses, et cetera, et cetera, this really derailed us for, I would say, a solid 18 months. And initially the bottom line was that even though we have amazing doctors in Phoenix. It happens that her neurologist wrote the concussion protocol for the NFL just out by happenstance. He happens to work at our um, Phoenix Children's Hospital. His name is Javier Cardenas. Incredible. And he and his team were amazing. Amazing. The challenge in concussion is that they've got a really good um, one to about 90 day protocol. And they know they've got all sorts of systems about how you rest, you turn off the lights, you turn off your stimulation, um, and and it works. But the problem is for the children or adults who have the lingering challenges, there's not a lot to do. Now, I now know that there are a few cognitive things we can do, but basically her pain level on a scale from 1 to 10 was a 9 every day. She didn't sleep for almost a year. And at about month... I would say nine after we, we, we had over 200 medical appointments in the 18 months uh, that this was very active. Mm-hmm. And about month nine, my friend, Dina Beauvais and her husband, Mark said, you know, we go to a chiropractor, Dr. Steve, who we really love. And I said, you know, anything to reduce her headaches and pain. We'd tried a lot of things. So we went to him and he he just really helped. I mean, and, and we've been to other chiropractors who didn't help, quite frankly. They actually hurt. So I think it is an art um, Absolutely. that takes a certain degree of, of talent and, and intuition and reading the patient. And I would say that he um, was the, the man who got her back to functioning. And then another really curious caveat was, and I just learned so much, was that he said, you you should go see a sleep doctor. Nobody should be sleep deprived for 12 months. And we went to the sleep neurologist mm-hmm. who ended up ethically saying, you know what? I'm not the person for you. You need to go to an ENT because I don't like the sound of how Olivia's breathing. Gotcha. So I love the detective piece. Sure. And then she, she did have surgery and she breathed better. But so Dr. Kyle, that's the important, I mean, this, this story mm-hmm. relates to everybody because when your child has a traumatic event, as a parent, you are scrambling like a mouse, studying, reading, talking to everybody, trying to find out which doctor to go to, trying to help them heal because you're traumatized as well. And the bottom line is that you've got to always be considering multiple points of entry for an injury and not 
And I believe not just taking a linear course because sometimes it'll be homeopathy or it'll be chiropractic mm -hmm. or it'll be the, neuro the neurosurgeon who says, no, this isn't surgery. Go see an OT. It's those really bright, investigative, um, detective-oriented clinicians who I think help our children the best. I like to use the analogy, and thank you, by the way, for sharing that story. It's a beautiful story. I just love, you know, stories of healing uh, like that. But I like to say you have to bring the right tool to the job, or you have to have the right tool for the job. And while, you know, obviously I'm biased, I really believe that chiropractic can help so many people, a majority of people. There are those cases where, you know, I'm not afraid to tell someone, look, I'm not the person to help you. And that goes back to what you were saying at the very start of our conversation, you know, that thorough assessment, being able to evaluate a case, evaluate a person or a kid, and really make the best recommendations. I just want to outline something that I think relates to exactly what you were saying. All of our primary afferents are those nerve projections that come from our extremities, from our entire body, they actually go up to our cerebellum. And mm -hmm. then all of those cerebellar nerve fibers, we know from MRI imaging, like you mentioned, they have projections to the, to the actual cerebral cortex as well. So my point here, Dr. Lin, is that when someone or when a person, when a child receives that gentle, specific, you mentioned that artful chiropractic adjustment, it is literally improving the way they experience life by enhancing their brain function. And that's what just gets me so excited. That's why that is my why, that is my passion, my fervor for what I do. You know, just to be able to help people in that natural way, you know, without drugs or surgery, they absolutely have their place. But I really don't think that any major drug or surgery can come close to what a chiropractic adjustment can really do on a functional level, you know, to help someone heal. So I just appreciate your story again. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I'm glad that you're cerebellar too, because the more I know, the more cerebellar I am. And I'm always joking with Dr. David Nowell and Dr. Martin Fletcher about, you know, we've got the thinker that rests on the caveman that rests on boots. And we have to make sure that the cerebellum is functioning well because all of our cognition rests on it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, Dr. Lynn, thanks so much for joining us today. I just wanted to ask you, you know, where can the listeners go to find more about you? Well, I have a website that has hundreds of free articles. It's L-Y-N-N-E-K-E-N-N-E-Y.com. And if you just Google my name, I write for a bunch, like I write for understood.org, who I adore. I write for 30 Second Mom. Um, so if you need anything specific, just, I guess, Google my name and then whatever search term you'd like, or you could go to my site, to the blog, and type in the search term. Dr. Lynn, I honor, I appreciate you, I acknowledge you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You have brought the value. Thank you for giving back and becoming part of the Michigan Family Wellness family. My honor, my, my joy and gratitude to you and all the families who are listening. All right, families, what'd you think? We'd love to get your feedback. If you would like to email me about anything you've heard on this or any previous edition of the Michigan Family Wellness Podcast, you may do so by writing me at drkyle at michiganfamilywellness.com and take full advantage of the Family Wellness Lifestyle audio library at michiganfamilywellness.com. 
Thanks so much for tuning in this week, families. Have an awesome week. And remember, we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. Now that you've been equipped with the latest in family wellness solutions, we want to encourage you to apply these strategies right away. But the thing is, there's still so much to learn. Connect with Dr. Walner's chiropractic and nutrition office by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and click the newsletter sign-up button to join the informative and supportive community of chiropractic wellness. You will also receive as a gift from Dr. Walner a copy of Michigan Family Wellness Solutions, an invaluable resource containing dynamic tools to elevate family health and vitality. Michigan Family Wellness wants to thank you for being part of today's podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. 